Thanks for tuning in to the Sojourn Church Podcast. We are a church committed to the gospel in the context of family, living on mission to the city of Portland and our world. For more information, visit our website, sojournpdx.org. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Uh, If you are new with us or joining us online, my name is Matt and I'm the pastor here and we are glad that you're with us on this last uh, Advent Sunday. We've had a great four weeks of just leaning into this series and this theme of good news for the outsider and really what that means. Um, We had a blast at our party on Friday night. If you were here, it was a lot of uh, fun and uh, it's just great to be able to like to fellowship with each other. I think that's something special this time of year. Yeah, it's really busy, but it also allows us this time to you know spend a little bit more time maybe with one another that we don't always get to do um, throughout the, the rest of the year. Uh, today, as you heard in our announcement, it is our last Sunday gathering of the year. Uh, typically what we do is we, we kind of take the last Sunday of the year off intentionally as a rhythm of uh, allowing you just time to rest and be with your family, be with your friends. A lot of you are going to be traveling anyway, and so uh, we know that you won't be in town. But we do encourage you to even worship as a household. Uh, maybe gather your family around, uh, if you're my family, around the fireplace or around the Christmas tree. Uh, maybe read, read the, the story of uh, Jesus coming and his birth, but still worship together. And if you can, if you are in town and you're able to join us on Christmas Eve with uh, two other city churches as we come together for a short Family-friendly, candlelit, intimate service of just focusing on uh, Jesus on Friday at 5 p.m. Our Advent season theme was Good News for the Outsider. And as we wrap up this series today, what we're going to be looking at is this idea of belonging. And what does it mean to belong? Because if you're an outsider, you typically don't feel like you belong wherever it is that you are. You know, so if you belong and you feel like you belong, then you consider yourself more of an insider. And so when you think about belonging... I want us to think for a minute, what picture comes to your mind? What does it, what does it look like for you to belong? I think for me, it's, it's finding a place to belong or, or finding kind of what I call my people, my, my, my tribe. Uh, I remember always feeling kind of like an oddball with just kind of my style preferences and what I, what I liked and how I liked to portray myself growing up where I grew up. And then I found Portland and I was like, I found my people. You can wear whatever you want to here and you, you don't get weird looks. You know, people kind of just look at you and they keep on going and pass by you. Or I think about where you can find a group of people where you don't have to feel like you're wearing a mask. No, not that type of mask. I know we're all wearing those for a reason, but where you don't have to put on some kind of front to pretend that you're something that you're not. We probably all found ourselves in that situation. I remember in college, they said, when you graduate, just fake it till you make it. Well, sometimes you get in groups of people and you feel like, man, I've got to continue to fake it. And like, I've got to perform a certain way for these people to accept me and to love me. And maybe periods of your life, you can remember feeling that way and never maybe even leaving that until eventually you thought, maybe I'll just find a different group of people to belong to so I can actually be myself. And so I think for me, it's finding that group of people where I can be myself with all my quirks and oddities. And we all have those, but I'm still accepted where I'm still welcome, where I'm still included as part of the, the group of people. I think back to middle school and high school, right? Some of those really trying years. My oldest son's going to be in middle school starting next year. And, you know, it, it's whether you were a cool kid or a nerdy kid, like you, you had kind of your, your group of people, but we all wanted to belong. So it doesn't really matter what, what type of, of person you were as you think back on those years. And I'm sure we can all remember that first day of school, right? You walk in and you're hoping that you know somebody. Right? You're like, okay, I'm going to look around. Do I know anyone who's in here? So if you had the really sometimes the traumatizing experience of moving to a new city or moving to a new school, you knew you wouldn't know anybody. But if you were there year in and year out, you kind of hope you know somebody. 
And then you, you get to lunchtime and you're hoping that you can find a table in the cafeteria, kind of a people to belong to during those years. And you're kind of like, is there anywhere where I can sit and belong and this can be kind of my people during these years? And here's what I've realized is funny as I've gotten older and hopefully a little bit more mature. Things don't really change that much for most of us, right? We just get a little bit more gray hair and, and, and we just change, our bodies change a little bit, but, and we get different stages of life, but we still kind of experience those awkward feelings, that place of I'm not sure if I belong or not. It can be weird and socially awkward to walk into a room of complete strangers and see how am I going to be accepted here? How am I going to be welcomed here? And here's the reality. Sometimes you're not welcome. Sometimes you're not accepted. And that becomes very obvious to you. I've heard stories from some of you where you walk into even other churches and you kind of feel this way. You kind of feel like, okay, no one says anything to me and I'm not welcome and this is kind of, this is kind of different and strange. I've been in some situations where it's just obvious that I wasn't actually meant to be there. Maybe I got the invite somehow, but you know, it sounds like a close friend or, or someone you know somehow might invite you to something, but then you get there and you think, why am I sitting at this table? I had that experience a couple months ago and I'm sitting there thinking, I don't have anything to contribute to this conversation. Um, I just ordered something and now this guy's paying for it, which is kind of nice, but I don't really know what I'm doing here. And so I kind of had this awkward, like, you know, I'm just not sure of my place. So this might be how some of you feel walking into a church gathering. You might walk in and, and just kind of think, man, I'm not sure what's on the other side of this door. I've watched some of you on your first Sundays. You kind of sheepishly walk in wondering, okay, what's this first room going to be like? And then you kind of get through the front room and you see there's some coffee, okay? And I would say we have really good coffee. So if nothing else, you come to Sojourn and you get really good coffee, okay? That's your takeaway. Um, you know, there's some books and resources, and then you kind of walk through the, the next door into this room. You think, like, who's going to be there? What type of people will be there? Will, will I be accepted? Will, will anyone talk to me? Will I find a place where I'm accepted, where I'm welcomed, and where I belong? Even if I don't believe how they believe fully, will I find a place to belong on my way to belief? And so this morning, we're going to finish our series by looking at the, the next set of verses in Luke chapter 2. If you have your copy of Scripture, go ahead and turn there. If you don't own a physical Bible, let me tell you that at Christmas time, of all times of year, we would love to gift you a Bible. And so if you don't have one, let us know, and we would love it to be a Christmas gift to you this year. Sure, there are apps out there that you can put on your phone, and I encourage you to do that. Um, you might say, Matt, you're preaching from an iPad this morning. I understand that, but I still have the printed Word of God on here, just, just as a side note. But there is something special about a physical copy, the pages of the Word of God. And so if you don't own a Bible, with all sincerity, we would love to provide a Bible for you. As you're turning there, the main point of our message this morning is seeing good news for the outsiders as we find our place of belonging in Jesus. So once again, the main purpose is us seeing the good news for the outsider is, as we find our place of belonging in Jesus. So let me pray for us, and then we'll get into the text itself. God, we thank you again for this special time of year, this season that we call Advent, where we attempt to slow down and lean in during these four weeks and reflect on your first coming, your, your first arrival here on earth as you, God, stepped out of heaven and became the God-man, Jesus. And so may this morning, may we all be reminded that the very real way we were all outsiders, but God, you sent Jesus and you provided a way that we could become 
insiders. And God, may we all find our place of belonging or be reminded of our place of belonging in you this Christmas season. It's in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, our first point is God's heart is towards the outsider. And so we're going to look at verses 8 and 9. It says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. So here's what we see in this opening verses. We see that Jesus... The Savior, the long-awaited one. Remember, for 400 years there's been silence. And then this is the first prophecy that is foretold is that Jesus is now coming. God spoke again. It's finally here. And the arrival that God chooses for his son, the first people are going to be told about this birth, we would think would be high up people and, and kings and queens and these people with power and authority. In our day and age, we'd think like hashtag influencer. This is who we want know the birth of Jesus is coming. It's arrived. And Jesus, his announcement is made to the biggest outsiders of his day, shepherds. Now you might hear that and think, that's why, why were they biggest outsiders of the day? Well, to set the context a little bit, shepherds at this time had really bad reputations. And the nature of their work meant they could not observe Israel's ceremonial laws. These were not the kind of guys that you wanted to spend your weekend with. These were not the kind of men that you wanted your daughters to marry these were not the people that you would say, hey, I'm going out of town. Can you watch my house and my possessions? They were considered unreliable. So even if there was a, 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 a case that went to court, this is not the people you would call on. They were considered despised people. They were not trusted by the common man, by the community. They were considered liars. And many of them were considered shady by the culture. All right, so these are the people. <laughs> They're out doing their job. This is how the cultural looks at them. So we talk about it so during, like you put on your cultural lenses or your, or your gospel lenses. Everyone's cultural lenses says, you don't trust these guys. So, and I, I know we might think, man, we're in this inclusive culture, and so we would welcome them and accept them, sure, if they walked in the door. But at this time, i like us to get to the original context. If they walked in this morning, we would all be like, oh, no, what are they doing here, and what are they going to do? Right? Let's go. I don't know if we have many valuable things, but let's get the TV, let's watch the guitar and some other things because they might steal those things while they're here. And so it would be easy for us to read this and think, God made a mistake. Like, God, did you not realize this was the reputation of the shepherds? That, that this is who you chose first to reveal this revelation to? But this was no accident. And that's what we're going to see. God intentionally chose the most humble and lowly of mankind to first reveal his birth of Jesus coming. In fact, what God is doing here is God is making a declaration. And his declaration is that he identifies with the outsider. And so even this Christmas season, even this morning, as we've looked at these last four weeks, you might feel like an outsider. Or maybe you're watching this morning, you feel like an outsider. And God comes and he shows, he declares, I identify with you if you feel like an outsider. And not only that, he chooses them. This is a group of people he chooses to be used to declare his message first. Once again, this is not how we would do things. We would want to go with the influencers and those high up, mighty in power. You know, in Oregon, we'd go with our governor. In our country, we'd go with the president. But no, he goes with the obscure people that no one really knows who they are to deliver his message first. And so we see that God chose the humblest of the humble at the time. And this is the who he comes to. I think of one of our local ministry partners in the, in the Portland Rescue Mission specifically the harbor, who we, we serve with on a regular basis. 
And one of my favorite things about our serve night, when we get to go spend time with these men and, and rubbing shoulders with them, is I, like, I love hearing their stories. And they're encouraged to share their stories with us. And here's the reality. These men have lived some really hard lives. These, many of these men have been on the streets. Many of these men have been addicted to drugs or alcohol or some kind of substance. And as you listen to their stories, I've come across a common theme from every single one of them. Even though the nuances are a little different and their family backgrounds are a little different and their particular situations a little different, every single one of them, they were humbled as they hit rock bottom and they realized their need for Jesus. And that's the place that we all hope that we find ourselves is the reality. But here's this reality as well. As I talk with these men, they know that they're broken. They know that they've messed up. They know that there's something wrong that went in their lives. This is why some of them, their, their spouses or former spouses no longer want to see them. No longer want to talk to them. Some of them, they don't get to see their kids maybe once a year, if that. But what it has done is it puts them in a place to recognize their need for God, which allows them to be used by God. These men, it's, it's, it's just Interesting to watch this radical transformation, even as we get to know them. We'll like go one month, and then three months later, you're like just watching how they have grown and how they've got this posture of just recognizing what they needed in God. And here's the thing. Affluent people, many, many of us likely in the room, we find any reason we can to fill our lives with stuff. Hello, consumeristic Christmas time, right? We're all going to feel good on Saturday. Trust me, I love opening gifts, and I love receiving, and I love giving gifts. So we're all going to feel good. Right, Because you're like, I've got this new pair of shoes or this new thing. Whatever it is, we can fill our lives with that stuff to feel like I don't need anything. Right? And as my parents, who might be tuning in, say, what do you need for Christmas? Say, I don't need anything, but it's okay. Go ahead and send the gifts. Um, <laughs> but I don't need anything. But we, we do that so that even to the point we don't recognize our need for God. Mm-hmm. Things are going okay. I'm managing my bills. I'm managing to pay my mortgage. I'm you know, you're going through the motions of life that we fill our time so much and that, that we even make serving and being part of Christ's bride, the church, something optional in our lives. We see this happening more and more. And so I say all that, say at Sojourn, I want us to fight and guard against that. I don't ever want us to become a church that's filled with just a certain type of people. That it's kind of like, you know your place. You know, you've got to be of a certain socioeconomic status to be here. Or you've got to be a certain style to be here. Or you've got to look a certain way or you know, uh, vote a certain way that, to, to be here. Like, I want us to fight against that because I want us to create a culture of a church for all people, including the outsiders. I want us to be the church that we're willing to go to the shepherds of our day, whoever that might be, and say, you are welcome. And that there's a way that you can actually become an insider. And it's got nothing actually to do with us, but everything to do with Jesus. And if you remember, you've heard this time and time again, that a, a church in a really very real way exists for its non-members. And so, yes, like here what we do on Sunday morning is kind of a celebration of what God's doing in our lives. But when we go outside these walls and we send each other out, like we exist for the community around us. Like what other organization does that? That's why we're not just an organization. That's why we're not just a country club. That's where it differentiates us is we exist for those who aren't part of us. Right. There is no special member card and you sign up and you, and you pay your dues. But that Jesus has prepared and set the table and invited all of us to join him. And so hopefully this is good news for all people, just as this was good news for the shepherds, because they know that they need it. I don't know about you, but 2020, 2021, we kind of talk about those are kind of grouped together, and we're going to tiptoe into 2022. But as we look at those two years, it's like I'm having more and more conversations with people who I think there is a sense of longing. I think there is a sense of people looking for a place to belong. 
And even in our city, for everything that it's known for that's anti-Jesus and anti-church and anti-Christian, I'm coming across more and more people who seem to be a little more open than maybe they were previously. It's like I've tried everything else. I've tried the government stimulus checks and unemployment, and I've, you know, I've tried to fix things in my life, but it continues to not work. Why not try Jesus? Why not try the church? And so I say that saying there's probably a lot of people who feel like outsiders. And as we go into this new year, God's going to give us this opportunity to invite them on this journey of learning what it means to follow him, and that we can see them become insiders. So we find the shepherds. They're out just doing their normal job. This is a, probably a mundane task for them. They're, they're minding their own business. They're, they're doing the graveyard shift like they always do. Not the best, most attractive shift. But on this night, something different takes place. On this night, an angel of the Lord stood before them. Okay? If you're out driving for Uber Eats at night and you see some snow falling, all of a sudden an angel of the Lord appears before you like it's going to get your attention, right? You're going to slam on brakes. The food's going to all fly to the front of the car. I'm like, whoa, what is this? And so we see this dark night where they're, they're, they're shepherding these the sheep. It runs away from the shining light of God's glory. Suddenly God's glory breaks into the scene, and it says they are filled with fear and awe and reverence, which I would say is the proper response to the glory of God breaking into the darkness of our world. We see this imagery here. It shows that God concern, is concerned for people regardless of their social status or vocation. God knew exactly who he was going to reveal himself to and that his birth of a son was going to come. God didn't go, oh no, I entered the wrong point of the globe. <laughs> Sorry, let me close this and go back over here to this thing. Like God knew exactly what he was doing. And he was showing us that he cares for and he identifies with all people, including you and me. Regardless if you feel like an insider or an outsider this morning, God says, I am coming to you and I'm identifying with you. You and your pain and your suffering, whatever it is you're going through this morning. So first we see that God's heart is for the outsider. Let's bring us to our second point. We see good news for the outsider. Verses 10 and 12. It says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So here we have some of the lowest people in society, the despised of the community, and they are the first ones to receive the announcement of this good news. Now, when we hear good news, we might think of, you know, someone saying, hey, we're going to have a baby. Or, hey, we're getting a new car. Or, hey, we're going to get engaged. Or, hey, we're going to get married. Right, we think those are, that's good, and those things are good news, but the Greek word for this good news, what it means here, it's meaning the gospel. Like the good news of all good news is the gospel. And so Luke, is, it tells us that these lowly men who are out just doing their normal mundane job are the first ones to receive and learn of the great joy for all the people. And this great joy being, this is the good news, like not only for you shepherds in this moment, in this dark sky that has now lit up the glory of God, like this is good news for all the people around you and for your families. And this is good news for all of Israel. But guess what? It gets even better. This is good news for the entire world. This is the good news for every tribe, tongue, and nation. This is good news for you and good news for me. And they understand that this good news is what gives them joy. And that now there is a way that, that all of the outsiders, trust me, shepherds of all people felt like outsiders. 
is that God is now looking down on them with his love and his grace and his kindness and saying, you too can now become an insider. And so we have the most despised men of society, and they hear the most wonderful thing about how this joy comes. And so the joy is going to come through the birth of a baby, the Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. Now, once again, if I'm the shepherd, you got me thinking, like, I'm, I'm sitting, like, I'm on a hike yesterday, and I saw some mushrooms, and I thought, like, you know, sometimes you can eat certain kind of mushrooms, and other mushrooms you can't eat. And I thought, man, if I eat those by mistake, like, I might hallucinate, and that could be a really, really bad thing. And so I, I just think, like, these, these shepherds, I'd be thinking, like, did I eat a mushroom or something while I was out here? Like, I just saw these angels in this, this magnificent glory revealed, and now they're telling me this baby who's going to be born over here in this obscure place where there's no room is the Savior, the Messiah of the world. Like, really? Am I, am I dreaming right now? Like, you got to, I love them myself in their mind. Like, what must that, that have been like? And the reminder is that our biggest need is a Savior, but not just any Savior. Our biggest need is Christ the Lord, and it's declared that Christ the Lord is coming. He's going to be born over here. And so Christ, who saved us from something, our sin, and saved us to something, a life of submission and obedience to him. And so we see there's good news for the outsider. There's good news for you and me. Which brings us to our third point. That outsiders find their place of belonging in this good news. In other words, outsiders find their place of belonging in Jesus and the good news that Jesus came to declare. Let's pick up in verse 13. It says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So they've got this angel, they've got this message, and suddenly, like, the choir of all choirs, right? I grew up with a church I had a choir, and I was kind of like, uh, choirs, and sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. But, like, imagine, like, the best choir you've ever heard, but then even better than that, this is a multitude, so thousands of angels all of a sudden appear, and they're praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is the message that they're declaring. This is the message that we celebrate at Christmas time. And that's why we sing songs about joy, not because life has been great and joyful the last two years, but because God in the highest has come and brought his glory on earth where it is chaos, where it is a mess, where there is brokenness, but that he has rained down here. That is why we sing these songs of joy and declare the praise and wonders of God. Not about our own. If we're singing about our own lives, it would be all like, depressing and downtrodden and, and that, but like, no, like God has broke into that and made a way for all of, all people for all of eternity. And so the angels come, they proclaim this news about Jesus by using really high truths, but they do it to really low people. You gotta think, these shepherds had not gone to seminary, okay? They probably were not very well educated, if educated at all. So the highest truths that, that can be declared come to this lowest people, and they don't make it unnecessarily complex, but instead they use plain speech to convey this deep truth. And this is my aim in preaching week in and week out. That it would be something that's clear, that we can look at scripture that's compelling and that's easy to understand. One of my favorite um, authors and preachers, Tim Keller, says, like, preach the 12-year-old in the room so that really everyone can understand it. So one of the highest compliments I ever get in preaching is, wow, you made it really easy to understand and practical. 
Like, I've had people say it to me almost like it was supposed to be, like, offensive to me. <laughs> like, hey, that was really easy to understand. Nothing, you know, it wasn't, you didn't give us all the Greek words and all this. And I'm like, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Because that's my goal. My goal wasn't to show you and flex and go, oh, man, look at what I studied this week. Look at all the commentaries I used. And look at the Greek and the Hebrew. My goal was to make it clear and compelling for all mankind as we see the angels come and do here. John Piper says this. He said, when this news landed on the earth, the effect was extraordinary because the news was extraordinary. Nothing like this had ever happened before. Nothing like it has ever happened since. Something absolutely new had entered history. One could even say a whole new history began with the coming of Jesus. And what that coming is and what that news is, that extraordinary thing is that there is now an opportunity for peace between God and man. I think up until this point in time, there was not an opportunity. There wasn't a, a way for there to be peace. When you look at the overall story of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, like Genesis start, it starts out really, really good, and then pretty quickly in, mankind falls and messes up, the same we call sin. And so ever since it was broken, and then there's all these prophecies, and it's looking towards one who will come, who will, one who will come, one who will come. Then there's a silence of these 400 years and then God speaks again. He speaks to what he's always spoken to. And then Jesus arrives providing a way between peace between God and man. If you remember two weeks ago, Kevin came in and he preached a message for us. And in that message, he said something to the extent of, um, he pointed out that not only do we need saving from our sins, right? A lot of times we like to, I think that's very um, American. We like to individualize that a little bit, right? Like between us and God. And there is, there is a real thing about that. Like we need to ask for forgiveness for our sins. But we need saving from God because we are enemies of God. Right? If you read the full story of Scripture, we are enemies of God. We are at war with God, and God invades our enemy-occupied territory. And how does he do that? By becoming man and offering us peace. And so God promised to make a way, and he has now made a way. And by his grace, it's nothing that we deserved. It wasn't because he was so impressed with the shepherds. It wasn't because he's so impressed with our lives that God's like, I'm going to make this way. But it's because God loves us. He loves you. He loves me. And by grace, through faith, and through the work that Christ has done, he has made a way that now we can have peace with God. Now we have a way that we can be reconciled with God. And when we stop to think about Jesus coming, Jesus became fully man so that we can identify with him. Right? I, think, I love to think about Jesus as the baby. I think like Jesus never sinned. So what does it look like not to sin as a baby? Right? I'm assuming he still cried. So I guess it's not a sin to cry as a baby. I'm assuming he still... Um, you know, wet and was hungry and needed milk and all those things. And I think, what does it look like as a, as a toddler not to sin? And what does it look like as a third grader not to sin? I've got a third grader. What does it look like as a fifth grader? I've got a fifth grader not to sin, right? What does it look like as a 36-year-old not to sin? Well, Jesus went to 33, but you guys get what I'm saying. And so he went all this, this time, but he came fully made. He can identify with us in every way. So whatever you're going through this morning, whether it's good or bad, the heartbreak that you might be feeling, the temptation that you deal with time and time again, even though you said, God, this is it. Please, I, I'm done with it. I'm not going to touch it again. And you return to it. God can identify with that temptation, although he never sinned. Jesus is fully God so that we can be saved by him. It's one of those, those things of scripture that he's fully God, he's fully man. We call him the God man. And they stayed fully God so that he could save us. Because if he only became man, he'd be like any of us and he would have messed up and he would have sinned. And so it's in this that the angels proclaim that hope is here. 
That this longing that we've waited for all of these hundreds of years has finally come. And it's through this that we can go from being outsiders to now insiders. Not because we worked really hard at doing it, but because God, period. Because God sent forth his son to make a way that we could all find a place to belong. And then finally, our, our fourth point is the proper response of outsiders who become insiders is to glorify and to praise God. Let's look at verses, uh, starting at verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Now, imagine the shepherds at this point. They probably got, um, if, if you watch me walk it, I'm a fast walker, and I kind of walk with a little bit of a hop, and I know that about myself, and sometimes I'm self-conscious, but I imagine the shepherds were like giddy, like Buddy the Elf, leaving the North Pole to go meet his real dad for the first time. You know, you got to imagine they were like, I'm going, you know, we're going to meet Jesus, we're going to meet the Savior. Like, they had to be excited to where they're just talking and uncontrollably, and you can just see it, right? This is how my kids are going to be on Christmas Eve and Christmas morning. Like, they're going to be full of joy and excitement. This is the picture we get here. The shepherds can't contain themselves because we have the ultimate cultural outsiders, those who feel like they don't have a place to belong. And here they are. They are brought together, and they're united by the birth of Jesus as they become insiders. And then we find Mary. And what do we find Mary doing? Verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for they, all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So we see Mary, the earthly mother of Jesus, and she's pondering and she's treasuring these things in her heart. This is the proper response for us. This, this Christmas season, like, what is the proper response? To ponder and to treasure these things that God has declared to us. Not to just believe in this story, to participate, but to treasure and to ponder. Once again, last week, kind of looked at this idea of making room. What does it look like to make room, to, to ponder and to treasure these things in our lives? And from the time of the Savior's birth, we see that God has made a way. That those receiving the Savior follow this pattern. Okay, so the shepherds learn of this. You've got these ultimate outsiders. They've now become insiders. And what do they do? They go and they teach others. They share it with others. They treasure it in their heart. And, they, and they, they want others to know about this. This is what we sojourn are called to at Christmas time. As we prepare to enter into a new year. That we are to, yes, to treasure these things. We're to ponder these things that God has declared to us. But that we are to go share this. And that we are to go share this joyfully that this is what God has done, that this is what God has declared. And can there be any other response to God's mercy in Christ Jesus? Can there be any other response to seeing the glory of God? Like, how else would you expect them to respond? Maybe other than just to fall over, like, and like, oh my goodness, I'm so just encaptured with this. But to go and to share this with other people. So sojourn, let's teach this. Let's treasure this. Let's tell this to the ends of the earth. We have people in this, this room right now that God is calling them up and calling them out to go to the nations, 
This is what our Christmas missions offering is all about. It's let's take up money because in this life, God, it, it takes money and, and God uses those money as a resource. And let's give it away so that this message can go forth to the nations so that all people of all tribes, tongues can hear this message. Because here's the reality. There are still many people in our world, in our globe, these people we call unreached people groups, and they've never heard this story. They're like the shepherds. And I think about when we live in South Asia, there's literally people who would be the equivalent of shepherds, this outcast, the lowest caste in these systems in, in South Asia, who are the, probably some of the biggest outsiders in our world, and that they have yet to hear this message. But that God wants to use you, and God wants to use me, and he wants to use our resources, our funds, to make, allow this message to go forth so they too, like these shepherds, can hear this message that God has come, and he's come through Jesus, and that there's a way for you to be reconciled to God. There's a way for you to have peace with God. God. And so as we get ready to wrap up, I want to challenge and encourage you to make room for Jesus as we looked at last week. I know we're in the week of Christmas and there's a lot of hustle and bustle and family stuff and cleaning and cooking and just a lot of things we want to do, a lot of things we want to get done. And then we kind of feel the pinch of like, oh no, I got to get this done before a certain time, you know, before the new year comes. But carve out room for Jesus. Tell your family, hey, I need an hour. Hey, I'm going to turn off my phone so I'm not looking at it. Hey, I'm going to do this and carve out that time and take time to treasure and ponder like Mary did. And so if you are a follower of Jesus, treasure and ponder by celebrating the first advent of Jesus and responding in worship that he has come. And as we long now for his second arrival, his second coming. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, then treasure and ponder by making this a time of commitment between you and God, where you say, I'm going to make Jesus work my work. Not by doing anything, but by simply receiving this message that Jesus has come. And we see later that the purpose of Jesus' incarnation was ultimately fulfilled when, just as promised, he suffered and died in the place of sinners, through, uh, though he himself was sinless. And he rose from death to make righteous that which was unrighteous, which would be all of us. And so this reminds us that technically we're all outsiders when it comes to the kingdom of God. Every single one of us, but is in the person and work of Jesus Christ that we go from being outsiders to being insiders as we are adopted through God, um, by God, through the work of Jesus, his son. In other worlds, religions, you belong by doing something. There's a list of things you have to do, and you just hope that you do enough that you can actually belong. But in Christianity, we belong because God and because of what he has done. And so receive this gift this season. Now, you might say, what do I do with this practically? Like, as we leave 2021, as we get ready to enter 2022, like, what do I do practically with this? So I've got just a couple quick things. One is see the shepherds in your own life. See those who aren't known. See those who do not belong, who don't feel like they have a place of belonging. We all want a sense of belonging. And so we invite all people at Sojourn to, to take this journey of learning what it means to follow Jesus. So individually and collectively, we can provide that place for people that they can have a place to figure it out. It's easy to point our fingers and say, you need to believe this, and if you don't believe this, but like, like create a space and environment for people to ask questions, to express their uncertainties, and then lead and guide them. And once you see the outsider, be welcoming and welcome them humbly. And then you yourself walk securely as the beloved son or daughter of God where you belong because of who you are in Christ. I think sometimes one a struggle that probably all of us have to some degree is once we're in Christ, we still kind of have this, this feeling we have to do something. 
And we have to be something. But no, you get to walk freely in Jesus. And that is your identity. And that's why you can walk in that cafeteria, going back to the middle school analogy, with confidence with your tray that you're not going to spill it over. And even if you do, that Christ is there to lift you back up. That's how we can walk into this new year. And so allowed your mind to be free. And when your mind's free of your own identity in Christ, here's what's really cool, is then you provide a place where you can, you're more um, keen and aware of the outsider around you. Because if you're so focused on yourself, and oh, if I say this, and if I look this, and then, you know, it's like, then you're, you're not aware of what's around you. But yeah, it allows you to make room and be present for people around you. You might be outsiders. You might feel like outsiders, and you can welcome them in. We don't see the angels coming to the shepherds and saying, try harder in 2022 so that God will love us. What we see is the angels proclaiming the good news of Christ, our Lord, who loves us. And so we're going to be reminded of that as we enter the new year. We see God tells us that we can and never will be good enough, but that he loves us, the outsiders, so much that he made a promise. He pursued us and he left heaven to come to us by allowing us to become an insider. And so here's the reality and here's the reminder. There's nothing that you or I can do for our salvation other than surrender to Christ and what he has done by coming to us, dying in our place, and raising again to new life. And so Sojourn Church, this is good news. Good news is here, and his name is? Jesus. Jesus. I'm glad you guys got that one right. (laughs) And so if you're here with us or you're online with us this morning and you've always felt like an outsider, by faith in Jesus, there's hope for you this morning. Whether it's a reminder that's just fresh and new for us, or whether it's the first time that good news has arrived and Jesus has made a place for you. This is what Christmas is all about. The, the good news is here. I, I love this imagery the older I get, because I think as a kid I just went through the motions, if I'm completely honest. And when Christmas was on a Sunday, which in 2022 it is, so mark your calendars. <laughs> but I remember as a kid being like, oh, we gotta go to church. And they'd be like, oh yeah, that's what it's technically kind of about. But the older I get, the more I see this, like if we think about this longing of this silence, and then good news was declared and good news came. And it's a reminder that this is what it is all about. And it's freely been offered to all of us, so we're all welcome to partake. And so regardless if you, if you arrive feeling like an insider or an outsider, turn to Jesus and trust in his good news today. Former pastor of mine tweeted out this morning, he said, if Christmas is true, You have a God who has promised to supply you in life and take care of you in death. And that's true. That is the reality. I actually have an uncle who passed away uh, this morning. And he was a pastor, a former missionary, loved the Lord. And as I read that quote, I thought, man, that that describes his life. God supplied for him in life. He faithfully served the Lord. Um, And he had cancer yesterday before he was dead. But he doesn't have cancer today. That he's in the presence of Jesus, right? And it's sad for his family, but I mean, what a, his birthday's this weekend, Christmas is this week. Like, what the best birthday and best Christmas he's ever going to have is, is this, because he was supplied in life by the God who promised to take care of him, and he's going to be supplied now in death. And can you say the same for your life? So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to stand together as we respond to King Jesus and the arrival of him coming to us, the one in whom good news is offered. So let me pray for us, and I'll give us some instructions on responding this morning. God, we come to you as outsiders. God, we humbly come to you as ones who deserve nothing from you. We don't deserve your grace. We don't deserve your love. We don't deserve your salvation. But God, in your kindness, you chose 
to make a way that we could have peace with you. God, you chose a way to make redemption and restoration possible. So God, this morning, we want to respond back and worship to you through our singing, through our giving, and through taking of the Lord's Supper. God, may we make room for you this season. May we treasure and ponder our hearts. And God, we thank you and praise you for giving a place a place for all of us to belong as you've adopted us as sons and daughters into your family. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So a few ways we're going to respond as we finish out this last Sunday gathering of the year. Uh, first is obvious, is worship through song. Uh, Ben's going to lead us out in a, a, another song of uh, praise and worship. The second is giving. You know, and so we talk about our Christmas missions offering. Uh, really, there's two ways. When we give all year long, we, we just want to create this culture of generosity, but we also have our Christmas missions offering. I think Andrea said in the announcement, but we are less than $500 from our goal, which is a really good place to be. Like, we should celebrate that and then ask that God would go above and beyond and that we get to praise how God's going to use this to um, take the gospel forward in some really difficult and challenging places in our planet so that others can hear this good news. And then we're also going to respond through uh, communion. Uh, we forgot to put them out before. You know, we're at church plants, so that's why I like, rushed out to the lobby. And so um, we have the, the basket, or a, a, I'll just call it a basket that we can pass around so that you can grab your COVID-friendly uh, communion packet. And so what we're reminded in communion is this is what we remember what the Lord has done. Like, yes, we're celebrating this time of year, his birth and when he came, but what his ultimate sacrifice that he went to do. And so you'll take this at your own pace when you're ready, but you'll peel off that top little layer and you'll take that little wafer and be reminded that this represents God's body of Jesus who came in flesh. And then eventually this, this perfect little baby that we're celebrating right now would go on and his body would be broken on behalf of the world, for the sins of the world on the cross. And be reminded of that. Ponder that as you take that. And as you rip off that second layer, you've got the juice. And that this juice represents his blood that was shed as his body was being broken. And that it made a way that we could become insiders and belong to his family. And so we invite you to take some time, take a moment, reflect on that, ponder that, treasure that in your heart before you respond. Then after you respond, then you can stand and join as Ben is leading us out in this final song. So sojourn, the table is open. The time is yours. Let's respond accordingly. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love to hear how God is working in your life. You can connect with us and find more available teachings and resources at our website, sojournpdx.org.